from Los Angeles, California on the MTV Podcast Network. This is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. Seated across the table from me, uh, known in the BoJack universe as podcast personality and red lobster, Molly Langosta. Molly Lambert. Hi, everybody. I like Langosta. Langosta. It's a good one. I've been thinking a lot about what people would be in the BoJack world. I think about it all the time. I feel clearly. like I'd probably be a lamb, though, for obvious. I guess they do reasons. What would you be? Uh, I mean, no, I don't think about. My, I just think about everybody else. Alex would be? Panda Demas. I would. Oh, Panda Demas would be good. That would that would be excellent with like the some bamboo. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like frustrated on the phone, chewing some bamboo. Being like, ah, <laughs> oh, I picked the wrong week to quit. Like you know, something like to that. Quit <laughs> to quit chewing bamboo. <laughs> so today. Molly's going to make lots and lots of new friends by talking about her feelings about Stranger Things. And I'm going to talk about my mixed feelings about Stranger Things. But yours are less mixed. My feelings are also mixed. (laughs) And we're going to talk about BoJack Horseman, which I think we are more unanimous on. No qualms about BoJack. Yeah. Here's the thing. Everybody was like, oh, if you love Steven Spielberg movies, you will love this show. And I was like, no, thanks. Don't and I won't. Uh, and then you were like, "Yeah, if you love Stephen King, you might like it." And I was like, "Oh, much better way of advertising it." Now I'll watch it if you tell me it's a Stephen King type show rather than that it's Spielbergy. But it's way more Spielbergy than it is Stephen King, and specifically, it harkens back to my least favorite Spielberg movie. That's actually maybe not even my least favorite. My least favorite is definitely 1941. <laughs> That's yeah, but if you take that out of the out of the equation, but although that nobody its... nobody's caping for 1941 except really really obstinate people, you... which you would think I would be, which is why I watched it because I was like maybe this will be the Spielberg movie I love. It's about something I find interesting, but uh, it's terrible and just unwatchably bad. Yeah. Not good. You wanted you wanted to be that person though who defends 1941. I That's did. exactly the kind of ground that you would fight for. Yeah, but it it starts bad and it doesn't get better. So uh, the movie I really don't care for that everybody loves is E.T., which I cannot stand <laughs> for many reasons. A single tear ran down Mukta's face. At this, at that mention, at the mention of not liking E.T. E.T. I I hate E.T. I'm with you. You hate E.T.? I'm with you. I'm with you. We should have a podcast. Uh, (laughs) I think E.T. sucks. Do you think E.T. himself sucks? Yeah, he sucks. That's the real issue. I think like that movie, there's some things about that movie that I don't dislike, but I think E.T.'s terrible. I think he's like, and I, this, I know that this is just, it's like not liking kittens, but I actually don't think it's. not like not liking kittens because kittens are cute. E.T. looks like... A stomach. A stomach. (laughs) It's like a stomach walking around. I was going to say like a silly putty monster. Yeah. Or like a testicle with elephantitis. It's terrible design. Like who designed... I'm sure that, you know, there's all kinds of... It's just because he's like that silly putty color too. Like if he were like blue or something, it would be less horrible and i get that part of it is like it's cute and creepy but mostly cute because i am the person who just told you for like five hours about how cute i think sea slugs are so obviously i'm not against like cute aliens but et's not cute it's too humanoid it's annoying uh and elliot sucks (laughs) so something that is very reverential of et 
is never going to be my personal favorite thing ever. Right. But this is reverential of one specific aspect of E.T., which is the thing where it gets really scary in that when, when like, E.T.'s sick. But spoil, E.T. spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen E.T. Like, but, like, I don't know. Uh, like, tune out. if you. There's a, but there's a point where, like, the, the government comes for E.T., right? Like, the government figures out where E.T. is, and they send, like... Oh, and they like, dress him up as an old lady. And he gets away, and it's... A, yeah, no, like, I, I, I'm not... I'm not... We're not going to litigate. I think we're on the same page about E.T. Here's my beef with Spielberg. I don't give a fuck about idealized boyhood at all. And I am so bored of it. And I feel like Stranger Things could have been cool because it could have been like going, I don't know, bringing something new to all these 80s tropes. But it's just like trotting out these 80s movies tropes one after the other and like just adding nothing to it. Just like, hey, you remember this? What about this? Oh, you like this? Here's a song from a time that will make you feel... It's just all aesthetics. And I feel like if it weren't set in the 80s, nobody would care. I feel like it's exactly like Wayward Pines, which is the show that the writers came from. And that Wayward Pines is the same show, but not in the 80s, and nobody cares. Wait, is that the M. Night Shyamalan yes. show? And I feel like Stranger Things is very M. Night shyamalan E. Except there's like no twist. It's like they tell you everything in the first episode. It's not scary. That's the main problem. There is a way they could have done it to make it just, it's not suspenseful. It's, you know, the music tells you you're supposed to feel suspense, but you don't feel it because in the first episode, they lay everything out. They're like, the kid gets lost. There's a big sign that's like, government center, don't go in here. And then you see Matthew Modine, who's not scary at all. All right. Well, go ahead. I'm not going to point by point you because I'm, I'm not. I'm pro Matthew Modine. I'm just happy I saw to, yeah. uh, Vision Quest for the first time recently, which is a great movie. Uh, and he's great in that movie. Uh, another great Tangerine Dream movie. But it, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. And then I felt alienated from everybody that's like, what a great show. I'm obsessed with this show. I love it. I think they also did a very smart thing dropping it in the summer when there's nothing else on. And there was just literally nothing for it to compete with. So, and it was a heat wave. So everybody was like, cool, I'm stuck in my house. I'm going to watch eight episodes. And also, you know, it's smart to make it eight rather than 13 or 12. Eight is like enough for anyone to watch. And that, be like, I didn't waste my whole life watching this. Yeah, that is the they, they did not do the normal Netflix thing, which is like all of those Marvel shows are like seven episodes worth of story in a ten episode bag. Yeah. So this I'm, was I was like happy that three it was episodes worth of story in an eight episode bag, and they just tell you everything in the first episode. There was a way you could have set that up so that it was scarier, where you were like, "What is the thing?" They show you the monster. In the first episode, they show you the monster initially. I think they changed it now because I was uh, Jen was watching and my wife was watching and I thought I saw that they changed the thing. Initially, like when you would go to the Netflix page for we'll it, there was the a picture of the monster. The it's like the the no 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 spoilers like boo. You know, yeah boo <laughs> to the monster being seen. Okay, I'm I, I hate all the kids. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, what? Well, yeah, no. If there's more, I wanted. I don't want to. You know, I hate all the kids. Full disclosure. Let's, the only let's person go. I liked transparency. was only person I liked was Barb, and then they, you know, R.I.P. Barb. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. And the thing about Barb was that she drove me crazy too, because I was like, in any '80s movie, this character would be like comic relief or something, but this show is so one-dimensional 
that this character doesn't have any traits beyond that she's like the prudish friend and then she dies and then nobody cares (laughs) nobody's looking for her she doesn't have a family she just dies and she is like the casualty yeah because because she was too nerdy to live it's a rare case of like a, a female character getting fridged for another female character's journey, you know, like the yeah. barb just goes in the the barb is strictly there for Nancy to ha- to to have a bad experience. And you know, if if you're going to Freaks and Geeks, which everything about this show makes you do because it's about siblings and the '80s, uh, yeah, you're like, oh, what a you know, this character is such an inferior version of Millie, the nerdy friend <laughs> character from Freaks and Geeks, who is like the best version of your nerdy friend who you like want to ditch as you move up the social ladder but like can't because you feel bad because they're so nerdy and secretly you're just like them but Millie is amazing Millie's amazing Barb Barb is you know R.I.P. Barb Barb got fucked Barb did just get done dirt by this show there was no like, because everybody, yeah, everybody's looking for the kid. Everyone cares about the little nerdy kid who is indistinguishable from the other little nerdy kid. That did bother me. That did bother me I a was lot. Because like, there'd be flash forwards and backs, and you'd be like, "Wait, wait, what?" And then I couldn't tell them either from the girl when she had the shaved head. I was like, "All these little white kids look the same. They are the same in my, you know, they're just not distinguishable in terms of personality." And then throwing in like the chunk kid, just oh, it made me so mad. <laughs> It was like, you know, and it made me mad for the same reasons as another show that I used to never talk about how I hated because it made people too, you know, I was like, just didn't want to have this conversation a hundred times a day, which was Family Guy. Like when Family Guy was first out, it was very popular and people would always be like, hey, Family Guy, you, you probably would think that was funny. And I'd be like, I can't get into it because <laughs> then you'll hate me if I explain how much I hate it. But I feel like it does a similar thing to Stranger Things, which is that it like pats you on the back for getting a reference. And it makes the reference so explicit that there's no way you could possibly not get it unless you're a child, which people keep saying, like, well, what if you're a kid and you see this show? You wouldn't know any of these references and you just think it was scary. And I'd be like, yeah, I feel bad for those children because <laughs> this is not good. Let's get to the things I like about it, because there's one. Okay, like I want to get live. Let's bring it. I like Winona Ryder, because I'm a person. I like the thing that other people don't necessarily like, which is her big old performance in it. Yeah, I think that's. I think she's amazing. Yeah, I really liked her. I thought. I mean, this is the thing. I think there's there's many things. I I like this more than you do, while recognizing everything you're saying about it to be correct. Like that's. I know that that's weaselly to say. It's also like the hot topic right now. So everybody keeps saying like, oh, are you watching Stranger Things? And then I'm like, fall in a hole in the earth. So I don't have to tell people I don't (laughs) like it because then they look at me like I killed their mom. Yeah, because you also don't want to be like, yeah, it's all pastiche. Like you just don't want to. That would be a bummer. It's like there's so many people like it's. Uh, this is what I wanted to get at, actually, is like I I knew going into this, I knew that you were not feeling it. But like, what is it? Is it just that people are enjoying? Because so many people are responding to this. Is it just that people are enjoying kind of watching the references go by and being like, oh, that cloud looks like a bunny. Like, is there but is there is there something more going on? What is the allure of this to the people who do like it? Um, I don't know. And the other thing is. It's just like it's the movie 80s. It's not the real 80s. And I think I'm probably annoyed that people are like going so crazy for it because it's so, 
you know, patting them on the head, as I keep saying, for like, oh, remember these things from the 80s that you saw in a movie? Here they are again. In a different order. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Force Awakens or something where it's like, here's all of your Star Wars things kind of yeah. reshuffled and like it's ultimately not, it's, it's you're just not adding a new sexier brick. sexier to people than say a show that I really love about the 80s, which is Halt and Catch Fire, which is a show that to me, I was immediately like, oh, this is about the real 80s, not the movie 80s but like what the 80s actually felt like, which again is like not something anyone cares about necessarily, except people that were alive in the 80s. Like I'm sure that for kids born in the 90s, Stranger Things is like, oh, this reminds me of all these movies I watched in the 90s. It feels more 90s to me than 80s actually, in as some a, way. As it a feels show like or as a setting? As a, as a setting, it's like the 90s, 80s. It's like the tail end of the 80s, early 90s. Right. It's like, well, Twin Peaks was supposed to be 89, even though it was not like it was there was that was what year it was. It was when when they found Laura Palmer like that was it was so it was the late 80s, but it's really the long, you know, it's the long 70s. Oh, and I hate the music supervision. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Everybody's like, even this. Look, I'm not even I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying the music supervision again is like. Oh, you're so I'm supposed to be impressed because you spent a billion dollars on a Clash song like that could have been any song. It takes me out of the show every time because I can't stop thinking about how much it cost. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you I know think, too much about music supervision. I know I too think, much about music like, supervision, but also it's just like I, I, I think that there's a thing with using pop music in TV shows where people go super overboard sometimes and that's not the way to use it. It's like if you use it sparingly and well, like say Halt and Catch Fire does uh, with songs that make sense, this just feels like they're just like an 80s song. I don't know. I guess it feels like it's like Donnie Darko, the TV show, except that Donnie Darko wasn't just a rehash of of actual 80s movies. It was like a very weird original story. And this feels like there's nothing in it that I can't, traced to the DNA of something else and that annoys me it's true look you're right about everything even Stephen King said it was like watching his greatest hits although he said it in a positive way people are being very diplomatic about it because nobody wants to be like oh I hate the thing that everybody else likes and I don't even want to be like that that's the thing is I'm afraid to say it too because I don't want to just be known as like the contrarian who only likes things that other people don't and vice versa because I'm not Swear to God, I agree with you in general. And the more the more like listicles I've read about this show, where it is literally just like let's list all of the references, and here's some references you might have missed, and here's some references that you might have missed if you're a complete idiot who's never seen anything. It's like it's like there's no way that you missed these references. It's just like if I think it's also maybe you benefit from not knowing the references because if if they're new to you and you've never seen it and you're a kid, it would maybe be effective. Yeah. Uh, but to me, it's like, well, comparing this to It, the TV movie version of It, It is so much scarier in every possible way and better and a better depiction of childhood and, and friendship gangs and just everything that it is copying, it is doing an inferior version of. And that makes me feel like a billion years old because nobody cares about that. But I'm just like well, you know, Stephen King things are actually scary. That's what makes them good, you know? And when you see a Stephen King thing like Dreamcatcher, which I feel like we've maybe talked about on the pod before, but I'd love to bring up Dreamcatcher, which is a a Lawrence Kasdan movie 
Yeah, I believe so. Jason Lee, Thomas Jane. It's a very, it's it's a late period. Yeah, it's it's like it, everything. It, it's it again. It's another it's another group of young friends. But it trots out every Stephen King trope in a mishmash in a way where you're like, these things are all ridiculous. Have I not noticed, or they've just always been used sparingly enough that they are scary and but when i don't know just in that movie it's so ridiculous it's like every stephen king thing it's like a group of friends who have grown up and an alien and a secret government test site everything that's in Dreamcatcher is in stranger things basically yeah uh but it seems ridiculous in that movie because it's not well done it's not scary it has a toilet monster (laughs) there is a toilet monster but at least the toilet monster is like an original touch you know what i mean like there's nothing in Stranger Things from the rubber wall, which comes from Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and Videodrome. And it's Videodrome. the, the TV and Videodrome. But it also bothered me that they used the practical effects for like that, maybe. Or maybe it was it looked like practical effects, right? Or at least something matted It looked, it looked in. like something was like physically And then whenever they show stretching. the like Akira, you know, vine, electronic, evil slime, squid, monster, tentacle things... Those are like terrible CGI. Yeah. So that also really takes me out of the 80s pastiche feel because you're like, well, if this were an 80s movie, it would have terrifying latex tentacles. Yes, it would be practical in the same way that like you just sort you just watch and like there will never be anything like RoboCop will never fight anything as cool as Ed 209. Not because Ed 209 is that great, but just because it's a puppet and like that's yeah. fun. That's always fun just to sort of to see that. Um, yeah, look, you're not you're not wrong about any of these things. I kind of like bad Stephen King. You know, I like this bad re- Stephen King too, and, but... And this reminded me of, like, I, I, like, I will say that when I got to the end of this, I did have a feeling, like, is that all there is? Yeah, like, it did didn't, you have it an didn't ever sort empty of, feeling inside? Yeah, I was like, that was like, I thought that was really well executed, but I don't, you know, also it has that Netflix thing where it's like, 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 and stay tuned for more Stranger yeah, Things yeah. next. And like, there's no, it's the same as Bloodline where it's like, Bloodline was, that story was finished. Like, and they're like, but wait, then we've heard See, but I like yeah. Bloodline, even though Bloodline is like, I love Bloodline, but a I just, show with a lot of complaints you could make about it that are totally reasonable. And I'm like, I don't care. Those complaints just bounce off me because I like that show. And I can see being like that about Stranger Things because everybody else is. They're like, you can point out to me why it doesn't add up and I don't care. Yeah. And I do care and I will continue to argue. It's also just like it's got that true detective problem. It's like you set up a mystery. That's fun. But then you solve the mystery and that's way less fun. And also they solve the mystery in the first episode. So what's the point? There's no you know there's no curiosity about where the story is going because you kind of already know and i was waiting for like a crazy twist that would like yeah completely change everything and it just doesn't happen yeah i like i like winona Ryder. and i like david harbour a lot oh, i love david harbour as, as the sheriff i think it's like it's you worth him it. doing harrison ford which is perfect he's very much there's a moment and it's very much like it's every all those dudes who grew up on harrison ford yeah. wanting harrison ford to be harrison ford again you know like there, there's that happening um there's a lot of things that i i, I dug about it like uh, you know, I, I, I basically I basically agree. I, I will say that I wish there had been, if you're going to put all of those things on the screen, I wish there had been more subversion. I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm uh, stalling because I want people who have not seen this to like just tune out at this moment because it's a great twist. But like it's a twist that's like the thing with the van 
in like episode the penultimate episode the chase scene where they're on their bikes are being chased by the like evil corp government people in the van and you are waiting for you're like no they're not going to do the et the flying bikes they can't do the flying bikes you're waiting for them to do the flying bikes and you know that they're going to do it and the way that they avoid doing the flying bikes when the reference is literally barreling down at them like sort of like it's like you're like how are they going to get out of this i thought that was great i thought that like it's sort of like because it plays on your expectation the expectation that all of these references create, you think it's going one place and then it's like the the way that they get out of that is awesome. And I kind of like stood up from the couch metaphorically in that moment. I wish there had been more of that. I wish there had been more of like, we know that, you know, so we're going to do this. <laughs> and I want that. I want that, you know, in the, the to quote news radio, like I want the, you know, there's the zig and the zag and I want the zog and like, you don't get it. Like, you know, often enough. From Stranger Things, but there will apparently that's this the, is very know, successful, and they'll the thing, make though. ten like, it seasons has, of this. So. It has potential. I think that's also what annoyed me about it is that I've talked to some other. We have a secret society of people who don't like Stranger Things. <laughs> you have an underground, and we're all the same type of nerd, which is like '80s horror nerds who are like, "You are doing this wrong." We're like fanboy humans, and yeah, I mean, it's whatever. It'll be very successful. It doesn't need me. <laughs> it doesn't. That's it, the thing. It doesn't care about me. Just like the Americans don't need me. Yeah. I mean, I just, here's the thing. I would forgive everything if it had jokes. It just is like not funny. There's no jokes. And I feel like those movies always have jokes. And so to be so kind of like the characters are so one dimensional and what they talk about is so much exposition. It's silly. It's all just people are just excited about the aesthetics and period aesthetics and set dressing and costumes and if you took that all away what would you have just a alien not wearing a grandma costume <laughs> I, I think bullshit has been called that's right does et have a skeleton we'll never know And we're back. What you missed was a really contentious conversation about Spielberg and whether he's ever done anything of, of merit. I feel like I just get pushed to the right always on this podcast. I'm always like defending the you know the, the conventional wisdom, but uh, somebody gonna, has to. Otherwise, we would just be two cranks. I'm gonna say the words "fuck Jaws" were uttered in this room. You didn't say by who, and I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say by who. <laughs> But you maybe you can tell from the tone of my voice how, how I feel about that particular sentiment. Let's just clarify that if anyone said fuck Jaws, they were referring to the movie and not the shark, who is the hero of the movie. <laughs> Don't fuck Jaws the shark. Fair enough. They're a hero. Fair, Do we no, know what sex Jaws is? It nobody, doesn't matter. Nobody fucks Jaws except Mrs. Jaws. Or um, Mr. Jaws. Or Mr. Jaws, as the case may be. We don't know. It could be like one of those alien movies where you find out the alien is like a pregnant female at the end, and then I, they give birth to baby aliens. I believe the shark's name was Bruce, but that was an off-camera. That was the that was the, the they never refer to him that way in any of the Jaws movies. Um, we're gonna get around to Jaws apparently. Apparently, we need to have a Spielberg a longer Spielberg conversation than I may have anticipated. So we're not doing that right away. But again, these are opinions I keep like buried deep down inside because I know how unpopular they are. 
And you, you know, I just don't want people to think I'm going around spraying my contentious opinions to try and like trigger people because I'm not. I don't want to make people angry. I just do by being right. So now we're going to talk about BoJack Horseman, a show that Alex and I both agree is wonderful and magical. And speaking of underwater kingdoms, where Jaws is the queen, because I've decided she's a lady now. Um, I want you to write the remake of Jaws, by the way. Like when they remake Jaws. You know how I feel. I, I, you know, Moby Dick from the whale's perspective. Give, Give back some agency to the sea creatures. Fair enough. So, so a very different is, view of whaling, I think. The, the view of whaling would be radically different. Um, all right, so this hey, is... Hey, whales a, don't hurt anybody. Think how scary they would be if they did. I'm thinking about <laughs> pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman. This is season three. Yes. Of of, of uh, what I think is going to go on longer. It seems like it's. I yes. hope it goes on forever. Forever. I don't. I rarely feel that way about anything, but I actually feel like this is something that I would like to see. Bojack go. Horseman. One of the only shows that really makes me just laugh out loud really hard, occasionally, and and it is also just right in the perfect sweet spot for me of being a combination of animal puns and just deep incurable depression <laughs> which is really just my zone this if this show were, were about humans even if it was cartoon humans i think it might be unwatchable there are sad. humans in it yes that's true but if it was not with if it did not have like the uh, uh crazy animal designs it's a world if you have not seen it it's a world where humans and animals kind of just coexist it's like and the animals a, are humanoid. They're humanoid. They have. They're basically like humanoid. If you've ever seen it, the the uh, production designer is Lisa Hanawalt, uh, who d- does these drawings of basically a- humans with animal heads. And so somehow there is. It's never referred to in the show. Uh, it's as if it's always been like this in the world of BoJack Horseman that you've just got. You have uh, these humanoid animals and people coexisting um, in the world. No one ever mentions it. There's interspecies uh, relationships, I think, that sort of take place. There's you know, that you know don't necessarily wouldn't occur in the animal kingdom, undiscussed, which I love about it. There's never like, oh, you know, since the accident or whatever, like, <laughs> how how it became that. And BoJack Horseman's a star of a sitcom from the '90s that's kind of like a Full House type of situation where he is raising some adorable orphans, and he's it, it, the show starts with him having fallen on on bad times. And things have fallen through, but the third season is basically about him. He's on a he's on the way up, and then he fucks it all up. Of course, it always happens. He's playing. Uh, he's been like he in the the second season is all about him uh, playing the role of secretariat in a biopic. In the third one, he finds out that he's been replaced by a CGI version of himself, but then he gets nominated for an Oscar. And that is the saga of the, it's all about sort of his Oscar campaign and everything that goes wrong in the course of that. See, I feel like BoJack is a show that when I try to describe it to people, I'm like, this is going to sound horrible when I describe it, (laughs) but you have to trust me that it's great. Did it sound bad when I was describing it? No, but it's like when I was trying to explain the underwater episode to somebody, I was like, I understand that this sounds really stupid. If I'm telling you about it, it sounds silly, but it's, it made me cry because it was so sad. And good. 
Yeah, he goes to he go he's uh he's uh, pressing the flesh. He's touring. He goes to an underwater film festival. Yes, he right to go promote his movie. But it's he goes to like an underwater world, underwater city, and has a bunch of weird surreal experiences, and it's very dreamlike and nightmare-like, and reminds me of a lot of other great animated underwater sequences, like the sort of the monstro part of Pinocchio. Your inside monstro's stomach. Uh, yeah, just that f- scary dream feeling of like, what am I doing in this place I've never been before that I have to learn all these new rules to navigate? Like, there's this thing with the currency where the currency is shells and he only has dollars. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of that. So he can't buy anything. Yep. And it's a it's a lost in translation scenario because he's wearing a diving helmet because right. he's a air breather and so he's wearing a diving helmet and the, so there's no there's no dialogue. There's no dialogue. Again, if bubbles. I'm describing it, I was like, and there's no dialogue. And everyone, my friend was like, this is good, this thing, and, and I was you, like, yes, it's amazing. Watch you, it. You like this and you watch it on. I purpose. love it. Uh, and there's another episode that takes place in 2007 that made me laugh very hard a lot of times. Yeah, there's a lot of really good uh, 2007, a very specific 2007 flashbacks. Which makes you realize we are now officially at the point of nostalgia for the 2007s. I feel like we got there with Boyhood, which I'm sure you loved. For I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, didn't I know. You see just, it. You, you did not break out three and a half I hours I did to watch annoyed. somebody else watch it on a plane. And I occasionally glanced over and said, how's Boyhood? And then... The flight ended before the movie was over, so we never found out what happened. Did he grow up? We'll never know. <laughs> he, he does. <laughs> I'm gonna spoiler. He does. Do his parents get back together? I'm not. I'm, I'm guessing I'm, not. No, I'm not going. To, I'm not going there. Not not going there. Um, my theory about this season of BoJack is that it, it like many TV shows uh, with a sort of a, a large personality at the center. This in this case, the voice of BoJack is Will Arnett. This is my favorite thing that Will Arnett has done since Job so easily. Like not, there's not even really a, a you know a contest, but that this is actually he is more sort of the personalities are merging and BoJack is becoming more like Will Arnett. You find out this season that uh, he there was a follow-up to Horsin' Around, which was his 2000s show, which was like his edgy show that is very much, I feel like it's it's Bojack's Flaked, which is the Will Arnett show where Will Arnett plays an asshole, kind of like, you know, steering into the sort of like the our, maybe into our modern conception of Will Arnett in some way. Uh, so I enjoyed that about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. This one, this is, I, I, as this was going on, it was I was thinking like, oh, this is my not my favorite season of this show. Well, by the third happening. season, you know, with any kind of anti-hero show, by the third season, you start to repeat behavior. Like people that fuck up and then promise to change and then fuck up again do. It made me think about Don Draper a lot, where I was just like, oh, it's that thing where eventually you're like, okay, I see what's going to happen every time here. And then maybe one time you'll break the cycle, but then you'll like immediately start it again <laughs> because you can't have nice things for yourself. And with Bojack, it is, I don't know. I feel like, is there, I mean, I guess it's like his parents were divorced and he would watch TV all the time. Like, is there a motivation specifically for why he's so fucked up? Well, he had, yeah, he had terrible uh, horse, horse parents. Uh, and th- there's a there's a flashback in the second season, I think, that you sort of you see his terrible childhood and uh, all that. I but remember it, that moment of like his parents are fighting and he doesn't want to listen, so he just keeps moving closer to the TV. I thought that was a, a good dark 
real moment. That's the thing about BoJack, though, is it's like it's got the most ridiculous things and then it's got like these incredibly sad, real depressing things in it. And uh, Aaron Paul as Todd is very good. Who's like the Kato kind of. He lives just to bring an OJ reference into this episode. There we go. He's sing the me, Kato. Sing, sing. <laughs> uh, and he is good. And Amy Sedaris is amazing. And then they brought on Raul Esparza as her love interest this season. And I was very into that. He, she's she's a cat and he's a mouse. It's you can't talk about it. I don't know. I don't know if we can even discuss it. I think we can't talk about it because it sounds so ridiculous. And yet, it, it's it, it it is phenomenal. It, it it lands in a place. I mean, speaking of Don Draper, it lands in one of those. I am, I am a sucker for Don Draper. Fucks off to LA episodes or who isn't? Who, but like those specifically are always my favorite ones of those. It's like uh, Tony goes to Vegas on The Sopranos and has oh, his yeah. mushroom experience and everything. Like anytime Vice Principals this week where they went on the field trip. Yes, that's the first great Vice Principals this week, by the way. Directed by Danny McBride. Yeah, man. Amen. D McBee. Yeah. Speaking of defending shows that are not easy to explain why you like them we'll do a vice principles episode soon yeah because i feel like that one actually needs to i'm starting to see people being disappointed but that's what i'm saying though is people are just so in love with stranger things and i keep seeing people being like vice principles this show is like so ugly ugly and and you know toxic and i'm like that's why it's great (laughs) it's so it is ugly and toxic it would be so much more problematic if you were being encouraged to think that these were cool guys like, yeah. that you wanted to relate to. It's like, it's I don't know, it's, but it's also like, didn't you see Eastbound and Down? Like, don't well, you understand like, like how that works? Like, like the, you know? I feel like there was a point in The Sopranos when they were like, oh, you like Tony Soprano? We're going to like punish you for that feeling and be like, see what like pieces of shit all these people are. They're horrible people. Kind of when they brought Joey Pants in. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, you think these guys are cool? Fuck you. They're right. horrible. These are like fun guys that you want to hang out with. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. Actually, it's like, ter- like just you know, people love Kenny Powers so much that it kind of takes the sting out of like what a horrible person he is because everybody's just like, oh, he's so funny and out, you know, over the top. And this is like, oh, you thought he was likable? We're gonna like torture you with. Uh, just you know, a pers- a person who thinks they're likable that <laughs> is not, and I think it's very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's and, and to bring it back to BoJack, like there is a moment in that BoJack gets a moment like that where it's you're basically like it is made unambiguous that this is a bad person, yeah, or a bad horse. Sorry, it's but you know, but, but that's the thing you want to say. Person, he's 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 more human. He's a horse person. He's a horse man. Is he a horse or a man? That's the question. But there is a and yeah, I I don't know. So it, uh, those, but those the talking about those like running away episodes. This one, this one has one. Th- there's one in this season that is. I mean, the, the, there's the film festival episode is also a bottle episode where someone escapes their problems temporarily and finds new problems. But uh, and yeah, the baby where this one horse. lands, baby seahorse friend. So cute. I mean, talk about. I also thought about ET during that baby seahorse in the underwater episode because I was like, "See, this thing is weird and cute and making me want to take care of it and love it, even though it's bizarre." Unlike ET, that I would immediately just start kicking if I saw (laughs) (laughs) if you brought that in in a blanket under a blanket. I'd be like, "Ah, what the fuck is that?" 
punch, you punch, just be, punch. You just be on the internet being like, how do I call the government <laughs> to be like, take this thing away. I have an alien to return. Yeah, I'm going to need you to vacuum seal my house and send in some guys in spaceships and get this thing out of here because it's then gross. Then they come and take you. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's gross. They're There's like, a walking fallopian tube real... in my living room and it's watching, <laughs> it's uh, trying to communicate. It's trying to bring more of its things down here with a speaking spell and we need to deal with this right away. That's that. That's your stance. It likes Reese's Pieces. We're not sure why. Maybe it couldn't get the clearance for m and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I like Reese's Pieces too. Uh, look, if you're going to say Reese's Pieces are disgusting, I don't even no, know. No, I'm not going to say that. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an unpopular opinion that is false. Um, at Molly Lambert on Twitter, Ugh. she would like to hear all of your defenses of Stranger Things and E.T. R.I.P. my mentions. <laughs> R.I.P. your mentions. Just don't go in there for like a week. Maybe I'll go. After this airs. Maybe I'll like Suicide Squad just to balance it out. Yeah, that would be that would help. That would help. I'll if you pick could, another unpopular stance just to just jump right in there. Can you tell me? You told me off off mic. Can you tell me what the thing was? But you heard about Suicide Squad that the made thing you excited. I heard about Suicide Squad that made me say maybe I do want to see this movie. Was reading that there's an elevator fight sequence to K7's "Come Baby Come," <laughs> one of my favorite songs of all time. So I just you know I thought what a great idea. And, you know, if everybody hates something, that makes me just as interested as if everybody likes it. Makes me disinterested. So, da-ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Goodbye. This has been North Hollywood. Goodbye. This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at MTV Podcasts, and subscribe to this and other MTV Podcasts on iTunes.